have what it says I have. I can do everything it says I can do. Therefore, I care less this morning what the devil says, what my situation says. I am what the Bible says I am. And I'm ready for the word of God this morning to experience the touch of the living God in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Take your seat. Father, we thank you for your word which is about to be taught, unalterated, uncompromised, pure word of God. Your word which is able to save our souls. As it is spoken, I thank you that there is no demon, there is no spirit, there is no bird flying around this building that's about to steal your word before it gets into our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of the living God in this place. Your word shall not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish every purpose for which it's sent. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. amen. Once again, I walk in the presence of the Lord, and no evil shall befall you in the house of God. Somebody say the enemies of a vision. I said there are seven of them, and we, we taught about, number one, distractions. And number two, we spoke about complacency. And last two weeks, we spoke about the elder brother spirit. Amen. I'm sure you learned a lot out of that. Amen. I just want to finish the other four, hopefully in this morning, because we have a lot to teach. In order to conclude this series, I need you to go with me to the book of Numbers chapter 13. We are talking about moving to the next level, moving to the next level, contending for new grounds as part of the vision, contending for new grounds, moving into the new level. God is saying we need to be aware that we are at the cross, crossroads of breaking forth into biggerness or greatness or larger sizes and occupying more territories, just like the children of Israel were, had already gone through the wilderness and they were about to move into the promised land. And he says, we are right there. And we need to be aware of a few things. And in this particular passage, we learn of the Lord speaking to Moses and telling him what they are supposed to do before they occupy the land. And this is what he says. He says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Listen to the, the brief. He says, send men to the land of Canaan, a land which I am giving to the children of Israel. So the brief is, it's a land that I'm giving you. And it's important to note that. It's a land I'm giving you. In spite of whatever you will come across, it's a land I'm giving you. In other words, I have already written the check. I've already made the conclusion. I've already written the end of the story. It's a land I'm giving you. I am giving you. You're not going to give yourself. I, the Lord, am giving you that land. Is somebody hearing this part? From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader amongst them. So God says, pick up a leader from every tribe. Let them go and spy the land where you are about to go. This is a typical format of a vision where God says, let them go have a look. Let them go have a glimpse of what I'm about to give you. Because I don't want to give you things you have never seen. God operates by making you to see first before you possess. So he says, go and see first so that you can possess thereafter. Because you cannot possess what you have not seen. 
So he says, pick up a man from every tribe. In other words, every corner of the family, every corner of the church, every corner of the nation must have at least had a glimpse of where God is taking you to. Let my people see where I'm taking them to. And the Bible says in verse 25, and they went and then they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Somebody say 40 days. There's something about 40 days. And I'm, I'm, I'm very sure one of these days I'm going to teach about the number 40. After 40 days, they came back. After 40 days, they came back after going through the length and the breadth of the land which God is giving to them. Listen to the brief. God is giving them the land. It's not a land that they're going to have to fight for. It's not a land that they have to work hard for. It's not a land that they have to pay a price for. God says, I'm giving you that land. But listen to the reports. And this is where I'm coming. Verse 27 to 29. And then they told him. They were, okay, let me briefly, briefly summarize before I get to the verse. The Bible says he took 12 spies into, into the land. 12. Somebody say 12. That's another number we need to teach you about. He took 12 spies into the land. Two of them came with a separate report and ten of them came with a different report. Listen to the reports. Verse 27 is the first report. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us, Moses. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit thereof. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless begins to cancel everything they've been saying. Nevertheless begins to put a cross on everything they've just said, everything they've just mentioned, they are putting a cross to it. They are saying, nevertheless, the people who dwell in that land are strong, the cities are fortified, and they are very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And then let's jump verse 30, go to verse 31. Because verse 30, it's another report, which I'm going to look into in a moment. And then verse 31, 32, they are responding further to the other good report. They say, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came against the, from the giants in brackets. We were like, now listen to the last part because this is my teaching. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And another man, his name was Caleb with Joshua, one of the twelve that went to spy the land, said, no ways. That's not what we saw. And he says the following in verse 30, Caleb says, he quiets the people. He says, if I was to use the word in church this morning, shut up. Somebody says, shut up. You're making noise. You're saying things that are not godly. Because fear is not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he gave us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and of a sound mind. And every time you speak fear, you're speaking for Satan. 
You are not speaking for our God. And Caleb begins to shut them up and say, you are making noise. And he says the following, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. What I love about Caleb, he doesn't go into details of what the other people look like. He goes into detail of what they look like. He goes into detail of what God is able to do. Oh, come on, somebody. He says, we are well able. Somebody say, we are well able. Therefore, Shabbat and Church and everybody who's listening in any other church, God says, the next level requires focus, it requires courage, it requires faith, it requires speed, it requires unity, it requires excellence. We cannot dare be focused on the greatness of other people and forget the greatness of our God and forget the greatness of God in this place and forget the magnitude of that which the Lord has promised us. Look at what the other spies are saying. They're saying our enemies are bigger than us. What do we have to do with enemies when God says, I'm giving you the land? How do you begin to see enemies that are bigger than you when God says, go see the land that I am giving you? Not the land that you will fight for. Not the land that you have to pay for. You are given. I'm giving you. It's yours. Why do you then have to begin to analyze your strength when it is not your strength that's going to get to the land, God says. And therefore, as we begin to move, God says we need to guard the following as part of the vision. Somebody say, I'm ready. I'm hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. Principles of occupying new territories. We must not be afraid. We must not be apologetic. And we must be focused. And if you can see, these things that I've just mentioned are antidotes of the things that I have mentioned as enemies of the vision. Because the fourth enemy of the vision is division. Somebody said division. 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 It's the fourth enemy. I said number one, it's destructions. Number two is complacency. Number three is the elder brother spirit. But number four is division. They brought two reports. They saw the land, but they bring in two reports. There are those who are for and there are those who are against. It's a division already. They are seeing two pictures. And the word two pictures means two visions. Somebody say two visions. The word division is made of two words. It's made of die, which is two, and it's also made of the word vision. Die vision, die vision. Where there's two visions, there is division. Somebody say, I'm learning. In a marriage, when a husband and a wife see two visions, there will be division in that marriage. And division will lead to divorce. It started by two visions, which led to division. And then division leads to divorce. And therefore, God says it's important that we see that same picture. In order to occupy the territories that he is leading us to, we have to learn to see the same picture. And the correct picture is the one consistent with what God has spoken. If it is not consistent with what God has promised, it is not the correct picture. Because God says, I'm giving you that land. Am I teaching this morning? The Bible says a house that is divided against itself, it cannot stand. Matthew 22 verse 22 to 28. 
And the Tower of Babel also teaches us a classic example of what unity can do when people are united. They can do anything God says. Nothing will stand in our path whenever we stand as a united force. And God used also another method. He divided their language. The Bible says they began to speak different languages. They began to speak different languages. Part of a vision is also about speaking one language. Speaking the language of the vision. And when we begin to speak different languages, we will not understand one another. And the Bible says, and they were divided and they could not continue to build because they began to speak different languages. And Philippians chapter 2 speaks about, let us be united. Let us be one-minded. Let us be of the same mind. Somebody say, we must be of the same mind. Psalm 133 verse 1 to 2, he says, how pleasant and good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Not just to dwell together, but also dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that runs down from the head of Aaron. It goes down to his beard and all the way down to his garment. How pleasant it is. It pleases God when there is unity. We can do anything in this vision. And we must not allow ourselves to be divided. Number five, enemy. From the same text. Grasshopper mentality. Grasshopper mentality. We dealt with big brother mentality. Now we're speaking about grasshopper mentality. Both are extremes. One on the other extreme and one on the other extreme. Where, where we begin to look at ourselves as grasshoppers. Numbers, Numbers 13, verse 33, the last part of the passage we read, says we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Shoo. And so we were in their sight. In other words, as we see ourselves, they will begin to see us. As we see ourselves, we give them the permission to see us that way. The way you see yourself is how the world will see you. You permit the world to perceive you in a particular light. You give them that right and permission as you see yourself who will begin to see you because you will act in a way that gives us a permission or a right to begin to perceive you in a, in a particular way. When we don't allow ourselves to be seen in a certain way, they will not see us in a certain way. It is up to us how we want them to view us. So they said we became like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight. The spirit of the grasshopper mentality must not occupy us if we want to occupy territories. That, what, what is the spirit of a grasshopper? Number one, that's a spirit of unbelief and the spirit of fear. Somebody say unbelief and fear. Number two, that's a spirit of comparison. When we begin to compare ourselves with them, Look at what they say. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. We compared ourselves with them. There's something I said last year or two years ago when I said when you begin to compare yourself with others, you are either going to be complacent because they seem to be smaller than you or you're going to be discouraged because they seem to be bigger than you. Either way, you will find yourself in a wrong space. You must run your own race. The race that is set before you. And not look at how far others, when you begin to analyze how far others have gone, you will not start. You will not even begin. Because you look, they are far ahead. 
You look at their media, it's far ahead. You look at their church buildings, they're far ahead. You look at their presentation, they're far ahead. You look at their crowds, they're far ahead. You look at the word they present, they're far ahead. And yet the church, you just don't feel like starting. God says you must never compare yourself with others. You look at their home and when I was home cuckoo, you feel like the Lord has forsaken you. Yet you have your own journey. You have your own story. And as a matter of fact, those who are in mentions, you don't know what tears are they shedding in the middle of the night. You don't know what fears are they harboring in their hearts with those mentions. And you think you are nothing. Yet you ask somebody, they are on minus two million, you are on zero. And you think zero is a curse when others are on minus two million. Am I preaching somebody this morning? The grass, somebody say the grasshopper mentality. The grasshopper mentality is one that says they are better than us. And therefore you begin to mock what you have because of them. You mock your God. You mock the strength that you have because of what they have. What they have begins to mock what you have. And God says we must let go of this grasshopper mentality where we begin to be comparing. You're always comparing what you have. This is the same spirit that happens in marriages. It's called the dissatisfied spirit. Is there in my notes? The dissatisfied spirit in marriages where have you ever seen a man married to the most beautiful girl but he's still not happy? You are married to Isnatla's and daughter, but you are still not secure. You have such a beautiful marriage, but you think it's not a beautiful marriage. And Tina Esnapanda, we are admiring. We wish we could be you. And when are you wish you could be them? What a spirit. Somebody say, what a spirit. It's a spirit, Lentole. Umoya Lentole. Ugutiband manga chabul. Banga ling ba chabul. It's a spirit. And it's the same spirit that operates in churches. The spirit of dissatisfaction. Where we are not satisfied with what God has given us. And it leads to what I call disloyalty. The grasshopper mentality leads to disloyalty where we become unfaithful to the vision. Where we become unfaithful to our marriages. Where we become unfaithful to the cost because we are not satisfied with the cost. Is somebody hearing me? The grasshopper mentality leads to dissatisfaction. Every vision needs loyal people to it. Every vision needs loyal people. People who live to promote it without shame. You need to reach a point where you are not ashamed to be associated with your place of worship. I want to repeat that. You need to reach a point where you are proud to be associated with your place of worship. If you are not proud of your place of worship, go find one that you'll be proud of. Because the place that you are in needs you just like you need the place. You need the place, but the place also needs you. The place needs people that are proud of it. The place needs people that, that are, are proud to be associated with. God has given you a well, and you must be proud of the well where you are associated, where you are drinking, where you are being fed. You must be proud of the place where God has placed you. Some people keep their churches a secret. Like, 
You've got to be proud of the place where God has placed you. That's why I say, if you're not proud, find a place where you are proud of. A place where you, you greatly walk with pride. You can put on that t-shirt without being ashamed. You can do whatever for that place. You can write on your social media without being afraid. Is somebody hearing me? It is the grasshopper mentality that makes saints not to support their pastors. They rather support men of God, T.D. Jakes. And I'm sorry to use him as an example. Not that I hate him. He's one of my role models. And I love the word he preaches. But God says, you know, you need to be grounded in your local house. You need to be productive in your local house. You need to be loyal to your local house. You need to be faithful to be a local house. I wrote sometime in April speaking about the virtual church compared to the real church. And I want to revisit that article briefly. That, that the virtual space where we have now moved to because of COVID-19 and everyone is now online and every pastor is now preaching online and, and, and because we, can, we could not gather at some stage and some churches even now still cannot gather because of the epidemic. So therefore, everyone has now moved online and, and it's, it's big versus small. It's old versus young and it's experience versus inexperience. It's, it's, it's good technology versus bad technology. And you have access to any church. Literally right now, we can move into any church. Like right now, someone is in church with us and I welcome you. From the comfort of your home. You can, you can shop around online and be fed from anywhere, anytime. You, you can be a guest in any church without anyone noticing. And you begin to analyze the word that is preached from your church. You realize, mm, tsan, tsan, tsan. grasshopper mentality creeps in. They are stronger than us. They are better than us. They have good videos than us. They have bigger stages than us. They have better audiences than us. You tune in, we are 3 million. And come on, we tune in, we are just 10 or 5 or 20 or 35, whatever the number may be. You begin to compare and grasshopper mentality begins to creep in. And God says, I need to teach you something. You begin to look down on that which God has given you at the expense of the grace that God has placed in front of you because of the polished stuff that you see online. And you begin to have dissent on the word that's preached right next to you because you get the best of the word online. Hmm. When, when you're, before your pastor even preaches, you already know what he's going to say. Are you hearing me? Forgetting that those that are polished out there have been polished over time. And the people that were under them were patient with them. They kept on supporting them. They kept on cheering them. They kept on sacrificing. They kept on giving. They kept on Building that place until it is what you see online right now. They did not begin as perfected as they look. 
They build it one brick at a time. And God says, you need not be deceived by the virtual church, the online church, to a point where you begin to look down to your local church. You need to be grounded in your local church. Be a blessing to your local church. Don't worry about your local church if it does not look as polished as the ones that are online. Build your own thing. This is the problem in marriages where you begin to chase a woman because of a nice perfume. You forget that if you were to put the same perfume on your wife, she will smell exactly the same way. Yes, upe tu yamlancel, alo sis yamlancel, yatu mlancel. Ungena na esema office, ungena na uhamba na ngoba umnuga damnand, ukotowa akoka ngoba ukazum tengele loot. Buta utisisikonje yile perfume le. Nyai kumbula nyani yasin koti kam. Wena ngatu ya kumbula, wena ngatu ya yat. Can't catch him, Oh, yeah, 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 Lona Lel, Lona Lel. Beso Hamburg Tanga, Utkosas and Tangle presents. And then Gosas begins to smell. Oh, yeah, that's the smell I was looking for. We cannot leave 80% of what God has given us trying to chase 20%. We cannot. We need to appreciate what God has given us and build it until it becomes what we see elsewhere. Let not the grasshopper mentality bog us down. They are better than us. They are bigger than us. As long as you compare yourself with others, you will never start. You will never enjoy your marriage. You will never enjoy even your job. You are not happy about 20,000 rand because your friend is earning 35. You are not happy. Did you know that the people who are earning 5,000 rand a month and they are so happy and you are unhappy with 20,000? It's a spirit that wants to keep you unhappy. And you got to fight that spirit. You got to fight that spirit. Learn to appreciate what God has given you. Give God a hand, somebody. Second Chronicles 20 verse 20. One of my favorite scriptures and I've been taught this verse for so many years. Second Chronicles 20 20. As Jehoshaphat was about to go into battle, the Lord began to speak through his prophets and said, go into the war. Place the psalmists in front. Let them play trumpets and sounds and songs and say the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. And the Bible says they continued to say to the people because the people did not seem to believe what the prophet was saying. How can you say we must put psalmists in front of a wall when, when it's so hot. And this statement came out. Listen to me, O ye Judah, people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. But also have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. In New King James, it reads like this. O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. But believe ye in his prophets and you shall prosper. Believing in the Lord, you get established. Believing in his prophets, you prosper. In other words, the prosperity part is locked in the prophets. And he doesn't say believe prophets. He says believe in his prophets. They're prophets he has placed in your life. Believe in their voice. Believe in the word they preach. Believe in the things that they say. Because they speak for God. They don't speak for themselves. That's why he says believe in his prophets. If you don't believe in your pastors, who are you going to believe? 
it's time we learn that the online church is good for edification. But we've got to be grounded locally and support the work of God wherever God has placed us. Without shame. Where do you fellowship? I fellowship at Shammah Eben Church. And, and without, without blinking, like, um, <laughs> Glory be to God. Have the Caleb spirit. Tell your neighbor, have the Caleb spirit. Caleb says, we are well able to overcome. We appreciate. Look at what he says. He doesn't say we can beat them. He speaks about he, us. doesn't say we, we can beat them. No, we don't talk about Never talk about them. Talk about you. He says, we are well able. We, have, we, we appreciate the resources we have. We look within. We can build from within. We are not them and they cannot be us. We have our own strength and we have our own weaknesses, but we will focus on the strengths that we have and build on what we have. We are well able. Tell your neighbor, we are well able. We are well able. We may not be where we want to be, but we are on our way to where we are going. And it's a matter of time before we become that which God has spoken. Grasshopper mentality must leave us in order to grow. Number six, enemy of the vision. Procrastination. 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 If there's a spirit I don't want to be part of my life, is this spirit. The spirit that says, we're going to build. We're going to build. We are 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 going to build. Procrastination is the enemy of progress, not only in churches, but also in our private lives. Where we keep on speaking and not act on what we say. Caleb, I like what he says in verse 30. He says, let us go up at once. Did you see that line? Let us go how many times? Well, at once. In other words, let's just do it. Let's just do it. If we fail, we at least try it. But we should never fail to try. We must try and do something. He says, let us go up and do it at once. Somebody said once. The lethargic spirit in ministries is very problematic, sluggish, slow, and postponing always. The kind of spirit that will never do anything. You keep on coming and having committees upon committees, meetings upon meetings. We meet about the meeting until the meeting is not happening. God says, when I say do a thing, you must do it now. God says, he spoke the other night, we had a prayer meeting, where God says, we need to move with speed. We need to occupy territories with speed. And if we are slow, God is going to find replacements. There is a reason why God would put up a church in the midst of a township when there is other churches. It could be that certain churches were given a certain mandate by God. And they went into a lull. They went into destructions. They forget the focus. They lost the focus. They became complacent. They had elder brother spirits. They became procrastinators. They delayed on the plan of God. God has got so many things he wants to do. And as long as we stand in his way, he has to look for an alternative. And when God says move with speed, you better move with speed, brother. The waters have been stirred by the angel of God. We have to be the first one that dips our fingers. We have to jump in and get the blessing. 
Speed is very important. Somebody say speed. Therefore, when God says build, don't delay. He has a reason why he says build. There is an auditorium that Soshanguve, or that place is looking for. And as long as you keep on postponing, you are missing out on certain families that can only come once the building is up. Oh, you didn't hear that. There are certain men and women and people of this community and certain communities that will never come to your church until that building is up. And when God says put up a building, he means business. And he did not say count the cost. He says put up the building. I said the other day, we must go into the future by the spirit of God and pull a better picture of ourselves and begin to walk towards that picture. Irrespective of the cost, we must walk towards that picture. We must walk. We, we must stop counting the pounds and the cents and believe God for what he says. When he says do it, let's do it. Shammai Ben Church, when God says, let's do it, let's do what? Tell your neighbor, we are doing it. I love these quotations on the internet. The greatest amount of wasted time is time not getting started. Procrastination is like a credit card. It's a lot of fun until you get the bill. The cost of procrastination is just simply innumerable. Procrastination is opportunity assassin. God has given you opportunity to possess territories. And if you keep on procrastinating, if you keep on postponing, God will give the opportunity to those who are hungry. You better grab the opportunity and run with it. It is an assassin of opportunity. The last quotation says, Procrastination is a lazy cousin of fear. When we feel anxiety around an activity, we postpone it. We shall not be procrastinators. The number last, and I close on this teaching, mediocrity. Mediocrity. The enemy of the vision. Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Somebody say mediocrity. Excellence must never drop in the work of God. When we are willing to settle for less and average, it's not what Christ wants out of us. We cannot be casual about the work of God and be excellent in our jobs. We must always have a mind to work and do excellence in the kingdom of God. We must have what I call the Daniel spirit. The Bible says Daniel was excellent. He was the best of the provincial leaders and best of governors. He was the top of governors because of his excellent spirit. The Bible says Joseph saved the economy of Egypt because he was excellent. He knew what strategy the country needed to put in place in order to save them from what was coming as a recession. Therefore, God requires us to be at the top of our game when we do the work of God. We cannot allow ourselves to do the work of God as if we are casuals. five past ten when tapelo starts at ten o'clock. We come to rehearsals at half past ten when rehearsal has begun at nine o'clock. When, when in your own job, you don't do that because you know your pay is at stake. Did you know that grace is at stake? Did you know that lives are at stake? Families are at stake. We need excellent people who will fear God, not just in their conduct, but also in how they handle the ark of the Lord. We must treat the work of God as if it's our job because God is watching. 
We must remain innovative. We must remain creative. Bring the best of our brains when it comes to the house of God. The best of brains. We need to be ahead of time when it comes to technology. We need to implement strategies as if it's a company. We need to do what companies are doing and even more by the spirit of God. When we do God's work, even though we are volunteers, I wrote the other day, we must do as if we are paid for it. For in due course, God will reward us. Our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Do everything as if the Lord is watching you. Even though no one is watching, but do it as if someone is watching. Because at Lazista 9.10, as I close, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Utumau shona there goes a soldier. Lomama waye Lomama waye tlina inkonzo. Waye tlina ibuilding yankonzo. Waye tlina. Ho losis waye kula. Waye shabelela. Lengane yae shabelela. Atme shabelele zululiesha. Because she would pour out her soul. Because she pours out her soul. We need to be excellent in the work of God. We cannot be laxative. We cannot be slow. We need to be hard workers. And do the best that God has given us. Because the space he has given us is not forever. Others are waiting on the wing. And if we let go of it, God will give it to others. We need to occupy territories when God has allowed us to occupy territories. We need to move with speed and with excellence. And God will reward us in due course. Shammai Evan Church, give the Lord a hand. This morning, I trust that the Lord has spoken to you. I trust that the Lord has encouraged us. And I appreciate all of you. Thank you for coming in your numbers. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give me, the, give me those strings again. Let's let's worship him. Yanka having what time the strings. I think in heaven, when I must drinks. I'm so sure. I joy. I'm very sure in heaven there's strings. Come on, Shama. Yeah. Yanka kawe Utswanezi Tori so Oh, 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 oh,
some praise in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We receive it in the name of Jesus. And we are taking the territories. We are occupying the spaces that you have given us. And every promise you have made to us, I know you will fulfill. We will not allow the spirit of fear, the spirit of grasshopper mentality to occupy us. We will rise up to the occasion and do as God has called us to do in our space, in our time, and in our generation. Let the work of God be done with excellence. Let the work of God be done without delay. And let there be no mediocrity and procrastination found in our midst. In the name of Jesus, we shall not be complacent, but we will do as if we have begun yesterday, for we have begun yesterday. Thank you, Father God, for the work that you have begun in our midst. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bless you and we give you honor. We thank you for the vision you have given us. We thank you for the sons and the daughters that you have brought to this place. And we believe you for more sons. We believe you for more territories. We believe you for more churches. We believe you, oh God, that doors are opening. Buildings are being built. Clinics will be built. Schools will be built in the name of Jesus and we will do this without delay in Jesus mighty name somebody say amen give the Lord a praise amen as we have announcements